parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Morena, New Zealand, good morning to uh, every, each and every one of you. And on behalf of uh, Brent, uh, your local John Deere equipment supplier, uh, we hope to keep you uh, entertained uh, through the next three hours. Um, and we're going to talk some cricket. Uh, obviously, we have to review day one, and we'll do that with Mitch McLennigan. And one of the reasons I want to talk to Mitch is we, yeah, we're not bowling well, are we? Uh, Tim Southey aside, really, uh, a little bit of Matt Henry, but by and large, we're a one-man band. So what are we going to do about it, Mitch, uh, after the sermon coming up shortly? Uh, I invite you to text us on double eight double three. Um, double eight double three is a temper bedpost text machine line, and get on that and just uh, tell us what you thought of the Black Caps' performance yesterday. What are the problems that uh, that you see with the side going forward? Um, and okay, we won brilliantly last week against England, but that's to me is it papering over the cracks. A lot of people suggested that they would, and uh, yesterday's bowling performance perhaps suggested that as well. Uh, talk back time after nine thirty. Same subject. Like to hear that or predictions for the weekend. Uh, that would also be good. We've got, uh, of course, the Warriors, uh, and we've got a, a full round of uh, Super Rugby, Rugby uh, All Picky as well. So, please, uh, we'd love to hear your calls just after 9.30 this morning. We have a multi for you, and then just after 10, we'll talk to Jeff Wilson. Uh, Jeff will uh, preview uh, with us the Super Rugby round for this weekend, beginning with uh, a beauty tonight, uh, Chiefs hosting the Highlanders, uh, one side with a perfect record and the other side with anything but. Uh, Mark Watson and Graham Beasley. Uh, will be with us on the panel at 10.20 and then uh, we'll also uh, just after uh, 11 o'clock talk to Blake Ashford, now Blake of course former Warrior, uh, looking forward to the Warriors clash this weekend as well so the sports desk with uh, Kez today is uh, in the hot seat uh, producer Kez and uh, we'll be uh, going to the sports desk to take a look at uh, maybe a couple of football issues and anything else that crops up throughout the morning, Mike Guerin at uh, quarter to 12 uh, we'll uh, re- preview that what's coming out harness-wise and, of course, he's uh, on SENZ over the weekend. Uh, and also, I'll keep you up to date with the Players' uh, Championship, which on, is on at the moment, and uh, we'll give you some scores throughout the morning as some of the key players uh, look to complete their first round. So, a busy morning and all. Sport is our religion, and here is Smithy's Sermon. Right, from all accounts, the Black Cap unit did everything right for about an hour. Only yesterday at Hagley, overcast above, green beneath, and the option to bowl first handed to them on a plate. Tim Southey gets the early wicket, quite frankly, it has to be Tim, he's pretty much the lone ranger these days, still searching for a new Tonto. All good to that point, nice tight test cricket, not a sign of baseball, test cricket the way we love to play it, it's served us well. Enter little Kusil Mendes. and what ensued, not quite baseball, more shree ball, but a backup bowling unit pummeling. 45 fours and a six on a green seamer going for 4.06 runs per over. Quite frankly, unacceptable and a clear illustration as to why there'll be no celebrations carrying the mace around this time or any time soon. The ecstasy of last week at the Basin and the limo ride up Mount Vic a pleasant but distant memory. Daryl Mitchell bowled seven cheap overs out of necessity. He shouldn't have to bowl at all with four seamers. Neil Wagner, bless his cotton socks, seems to come into his own at the back end of a test match and less often these days than he once did. And Blair Tickner, all his endeavours, seems lost at this level at this point in his career. Overall, it's a scary look. Southie must be completely shot at the end of a bowling day. Not only does he have to shoulder the Mr. Reliable tag, 
He now has to think his way through some very awkward situations when he's not rolling his arm over. Clever man that Kane Williamson, don't you reckon? He knew when he passed the baton to Tim how different things would be without Trent Bolt. England handed the Black Caps a lifeline by enforcing the follow-on. This plucky little South African, uh, sorry, sorry, Sri Lankan outfit, uh, still incidentally in line for the mace, will not be so generous. Already it has to be a very solid top-order performance we're batting. Otherwise, any thought of a limo ride up the Port Hills won't be on. Nine oh seven here, right? Let's uh, start talking about this uh, Black Caps performance, shall we? Yesterday, uh, of course, the euphoria of the Basin Reserve last week. We we're all caught up in this wave of ecstasy, I suppose you think. But we came down to earth with a bit of a thump yesterday. I think it's fair to say. Uh, Sri Lanka asked, have been asked to bat first on a, a wicket that uh, was green, uh, overcast, good bowling conditions. Lost an early wicket and then proceeded to belt uh, New Zealand around for three hundred and five for six and just seventy five overs. With us now to look at the bowling side of things, and they are problematic, I think, at the moment, is former Black Cap himself, uh, Mitch McLennigan. Mitch, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us, mate. Morning, Flitty. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. Am I being harsh there? Uh, yeah, no, no, you're probably pretty much bang on, mate. I heard your sermon, um, and, and Southie being the Lone Ranger. I thought maybe we'd just start off by saying um, big congratulations to Southie going past Dan Vittori. Um, yesterday on, on the list of all-time wicket-takers in Test cricket for New Zealand. He's gone to 362 ahead of Dan's 361. Only the great Sir Richard Hadley ahead of him now, mate. So uh, that's, a, that's a big uh, big milestone to tick off for Tim. But uh, I don't know if he'll be <laughs> really sitting back and enjoying it too much after, after yesterday. Like you say, he was out there by himself, really. Uh, Henry... Henry came to the party in patches. I, I thought he's he's definitely bolstered this lineup since he came back into the test, the last test at the basin, and that combination has bowled very well at the top. But uh, in all the tests that we've seen this summer, our first and second change uh, options have been very very poor, and uh, it kind of just makes you sit back and really really appreciate Trent Bolt is is the one that we sit back and appreciate the most. Um, genuinely class. Uh, bowler around the world in test cricket in all formats actually but the the one you look back at at a Hagley Oval is, is someone like a Colin de Gronholm who bowled that heavy full length and you saw the wicket yesterday uh, how it just stuck a little bit and there was a bit of tennis ball bounce and not as fast and 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 we saw a lot of seam movement and if you think back to some of the bowling innings that Colin de Gronholm bowled particularly produced down at Hagley um, that was made for his full length with that with the ball seeming back in and swinging away and uh, it kind of makes you appreciate those guys a, a lot more uh, who have had in the past whereas who's, who does that in our team at the moment I guess it's Daryl Mitchell um, but he bowls a, a fractionally shorter length than and Colin de, de Gronholm uh, normally produces so yeah there's some there's some big holes there mate. Well the, the problem I have with that is okay um, if you can't get people out uh, the next best option is to stop them scoring or to restrict their scoring rate. But, OK, England are going to do that to most sides that they play. But here we've seen it again, um, yeah. leaking runs at a very, very quick rate. So what is what is wrong with the areas that we're bowling or, or the combinations we're bowling with? Oh, just too short, mate. Too short. It's exactly, exactly what I say about Colin the Grano. He bowled 
he bowled full. He wasn't wasn't scared of getting driven, um, and it was just that banker in those kind of conditions. And, and I, I wonder if in the past when we have had the Colin de Gronholm at our disposal, he's either taken the new ball or bowled first change, particularly at Hagley on the wicket that we saw yesterday. And and maybe Saudi just doesn't have the confidence in Daryl Mitchell to come in and do that same job Dutchie did for, for years for us in those conditions and, and went straight to Tickner uh, and Wagner, who really just, uh, you know, let let the pressure off uh, quite considerably, to be honest, mate. Trying to, trying to bowl fast or be aggressive um, on a green seamer, New Zealand conditions sometimes um, can be to your detriment. You've just got to put it there, and with how much movement there was yesterday... Um, don't don't worry about getting hit back past you. You know you, you don't. It's all right. I know it's a big ego hit as a, as a fast bowler getting hit back down the ground. But sometimes, mate, if you all your all your fours are going back past you, and you're bringing the edge both edges into play and the stumps into play. Um, you know it's 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 key. And, and I don't think I don't think uh, particularly Tickner has the control to be able to do that. I, I see him as domestic cricket. I see him as a a blaster. He's a guy who come in and, and makes things happen. He's he's what Wagner was to New Zealand cricket for such a long period of time. And and on Wags, um, you know, he's he's trying to find a way to to get the most out of the pace that he's bowling at the moment. And and when the ball's up, not swinging, when he's trying to push it up there, he goes back to the old uh, the old style that's been so successful for him, but just ten k ten k slower. So. He's he's in that ground where he's trying to figure out how what he's how he's supposed to bowl in this lineup as well. Yeah, look, uh, I, I look at that and I think, and I, th- I look to the future because I, I don't see anything glaringly missing there. Um, you know, I, I look at uh, Wags and you know he's been a sterling performer. No one can ever say that, but mm. how long has has Wags got to go? Um, Tickner doesn't seem to be the answer at this stage, so. You know where where are we looking? Where where are, where do we have to go in first class cricket to find us? Yeah, well, look, I I, I think when uh, when they picked uh, the guy from Canterbury, jeez, his name's gone out out of my head now. The tall tall right arm seamer um, Shipley was it Shipley? When they picked him in the Shipley, you've got it. Thank you very much. Sorry, it's been a, been an early morning, mate. Uh, uh, when Ship, when they picked Shipley in the one days. Um, in my opinion, watching him first class, he he seems to me have been a red ball bowler, just a, a fraction slower on on the right areas. Um, in Test cricket, moves the ball both ways. He he seems to be more of a red red ball cricketer. Um, where do you go? Uh, a, a fit Nathan Smith is a guy who can who's moved to Wellington from Otago. He's a bit more metronomic in terms of control and hitting hitting the top of the stumps. Uh, enough pace, um, not not. Uh, not crazily quick, but he's got some good skill and can bat. Um, Doug Bracewell's back playing now, but outside of that, mate, there's there's not a whole lot. A, a guy who I think can, would do well in our conditions, in New Zealand conditions, not when it flattens out as much, would be a Ben Lister who swings the ball, uh, ball prodigiously. Um, I think he's a very skilled bowler. But, mate, it's, it's the, the well's pretty dry, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, Jacob Duffy is the other one who, who I didn't mention who, who, who would have been able to come on and, and at least know, know what lengths to bowl on that kind of wicket. He probably could have done a better job than both Wags and, and uh, Tickner yesterday. And of course, the other option uh, that we, uh, Jameson's injured, we can't uh, really rely on uh, Jameson, I think, yep. going forward at any stage because a uh, back problem for a, a back that big is, is, 
it's going to be tough to fix any day yep. of the week. But here's, uh, here's the thing. Okay, so Mitchell yesterday bowled 70 and seven overs, none for 17. Uh, he only bowled three less overs yep. than Wagner. Uh, and Michael Bracewell. Now, there's another one for me, Michael Bracewell. I, I'm just not sure um, where we're at with Michael Bracewell and his role in this team. Well, it's um, you always look at how late a spinner bowls, and, and Smitty, you've been you've been keeping your whole life, mate. And you know when when the ball sings, the ball turns. Um, and to see him introduced so late when your when your seamers are not in the right links um, and get an op- opportunity with the ball a little bit earlier shows maybe a little lack of confidence and and him as an out and out spinner. Um, I think we saw in the last test and at the basin, he was just it was three or four balls were great. And they give you those that, that two those two boundary balls or options at the end of the over or at some point during the over just release the pressure. So I think it's off the back of that. I think when uh, look at that and 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 maybe it's just a confidence thing that they don't back him into to being that frontline spinner. So, mate, I, I honestly don't know. It's like it's, what's the point of of playing him if 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 you're not going to bowl him a significant amount of overs? Um, Glenn Phillips just scored 147. Batting at number four, that uh, that magic number four spot for Otago the other day, and and he can do a little bit with the with the ball. Um, he's a guy who's a bit of a golden arm who could bowl you five or six overs and hopefully pick up a wicket. The way that they seem to be using Bracewell at the moment. So, uh, mate, it's it's actually one of the biggest selection debates, isn't it? It's that whether you, who's going to take that spinning role. Mitchell Satner seems to be finding some form now as well. Um, just took five and scored a hundred. So. The positive thing, mate, is that this selection has actually made a lot of guys stand up and realise that there's an opening in, in the black caps um, if you are a spinner who can score some runs. And uh, I think that's probably not a bad thing uh, looking forward in the future. We just seem so far removed from um, Bolt, Salvi, um, Matt Henry, Jameson, um, and that wasn't that long ago. I mean, that was a hell of a, um, a foursome with Wagner as well. Uh, we looked at, you know, it just seemed like days ago, weeks ago, we were talking about how strong we were in this area, and now we're not. And, and you know, we continue to try and hide behind green seamers, but green seamers are only good if you bowl in the right areas. Yeah, because they, they obviously flatten out, right? They they hold, their, they hold the pitch, hold together for the, pretty much the whole test match. So um, if, you, if you don't knock the top off in the first day, um, you're really, and you've picked swing bowlers who don't have the ability to, to bounce guys out and all that kind of stuff. And then you are looking, you're looking uphill, aren't you? It's, it's going to be, it's pretty challenging. Look, I, I your your mate, uh, Gavin Larson, he's probably made the right decision. I see that snuck under the radar. He's he's now resigned as as selector. Um, so they, they did that on a weekend, so no one could really make too much news of it. Um, I'll throw it back at you, Smitty. Do you think that? Um, do you think that? Select the role needs to change. He was just he was just basically the mouthpiece, wasn't he? Do you think there needs to be uh, a s- couple of selectors who actually have have some say and actually select your tour side and, and your coach gets to pick out of that? Oh, I think I think there's merit in that. Oh, I think it um, when you're looking for answers, you need more people looking. Um, and at the moment, we are looking for answers. We need to have first of all, we need to have I think um, some guy with. Uh, some genuine fast bowling experience in the ranks, a Shane Bond-like person, um, perhaps floating around. Uh, one, to, to advise, two, to, um, to scout. Um, I, I think we also need to have in the mix there someone who is not going to just fall into line. In other words, he's going to look at it from all sorts of different angles. I mean, the relationship, I think, between 
uh, Gavin Larson and, and Gary Stead. It's been a good one, a comfortable one, and they've made some uh, they've made some very good selections and done some good things over their time together. There's no doubt about it. You can't deny it. I mean, we were the World Test champions, but the the problem is when you start to go down at such a rapid rate, you have to fix it and you have to ask some very tough questions of the incumbents. And I'm not quite sure. And Henry Nichols is another case of that in the batting. I'm not quite sure they are. So whoever comes in, I think, has to look Gary Stead or the coach in the eye and say, no, 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 uh, we can't be comfortable anymore. We have to be a bit more proactive. Yeah, I really like that. I actually agree entirely with you there, Smitty. I, I think there needs to be some hard decisions. And, and uh, you know, I think we saw off the back of that test within the next day they had already announced their squad. There was no time for them to actually think. Um, about where they were going or what direction they were going um, in this test series. So, hey, look, uh, we'll wait and see. We'll say, particularly around Henry Nichols, uh, this is the kind of game where he hasn't performed for, for about 15 matches now, so or, 15, or about 16 innings now. So, you know, this will be the one where he gets, a, gets 100 and it gets his average back up to 25 for the last 20 innings. <laughs> so if, you, if you've got a bit of money to throw around, uh, you probably put it on Nichols this, this test match to score some runs at his home ground. Okay, there's, uh, there's the other thing, of course. Uh, we haven't even looked at Sri Lanka, who are uh, a more than useful side. We give them, um, uh, you know, they, they snuck under the radar a wee bit. But uh, let's face it, they win those two test matches here. They could m- play, be playing Australia for the mace. Um, so not to be um, underestimated, or have we? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've definitely underestimated them. I, I think Sri Lanka's just been going about their work, right? They were in two, second position for for such a long period of time. I think it's. Um, I think if they win both of these games and there's a uh, two-all draw between Aussie and India or India win 2-1, um, I think Sri Lanka go through and they play Australia in their World Test Championship. So uh, their journey has been um, a lot of subcontinent test matches, um, a bit like our journey to the World Test Championship final um, during that COVID period as well, uh, where we got a lot of home games. Um, so they're, they're, they're definitely benefited from their schedule, um, but they've played some great cricket. Um, Colonel Ratner has been outstanding, mate. He's, he's been one of the best test batsmen in the world, and, and we saw just the patience that he had yesterday uh, to get through that new ball I thought was outstanding. He touched on Mendes earlier. He looks exciting. He plays his shots. He's aggressive. He, he, he takes the game, and, and it looked like every, every half chance, half bad ball that we bowled, he actually put it away yesterday, which I thought was outstanding. And Look, uh, today's going to be super interesting. It's going to be, I think things will move quite fast, right? Uh, the Silver's in there at the moment. He's batting with a genuine tail, Smitty. I don't know if you, you know the, uh, the averages of the guys who are still to come. Uh, Rajitha, he averages 4.15 with the bat. His highest score before this test match was 12. He's sitting on 16 not out overnight. So he's got his <laughs> highest test score. Fernando's test average is 3.6. He's next to bat. So his highest score was like 8 or something like that. Jaya Saria, 3.75 is his average. And Kamara, 3.29. So I know they were joking in the con box yesterday about it being four Chris Martins. But, mate, Chris Martin will be... Pretty upset, I reckon, um, to be thrown in with that lot. That's, those are some ter- horrendous numbers. <laughs> right, uh, 75 overs bowled, so a new ball of two and five. Uh, you'd like to think that we won't be bowling long on the basis of that, if we are. I mean, uh, this partnership already uh, has uh, been so annoying. 268 for six, and now 305 for six. Mm. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, mate, it is annoying. And it's just kind of just... It's probably the the rewards that the Sri Lankans deserved at the end of that day. It started swinging back towards New Zealand's favour, and and it just shows that the the way that we played, we didn't deserve probably to be walking off the park with a score any any better than that. And I, I felt like Sri Lanka won that day, and we're going to have to win this first first half an hour to hour, and hopefully they don't put too many runs on the board because they've got some good bowlers. Um, they're going to be Sneakily good. Uh, Rajitha swings the ball nicely. Um, uh, Kamara's got more pace, so we'll see if that wicket's still sticky. Um, if it's still sticky, that pace won't come into play as much, but he's genuinely fast. He's, he'll be the fastest bowler on, on display this Test Series by, by a long way, so that's quite exciting. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go with their attack. They're actually getting a lot better. Their seamers are getting a lot better. They've had that lull period where they pumped out a lot of medium paces, but they're starting to get some, some good quicks, young quicks, um, who are learning along the way. So uh, I think today's going to be a really, uh, really big day for New Zealand cricket, but not only for them, for Sri Lanka, for, for like you say, pushing towards that World Test Championship. Mitch, always a pleasure uh, talking to you, mate. Thanks so much uh, for... Uh, filling us in, filling us in really on um, on the bowling stocks. I think it's fair to say. Hi, hey, mate, have a good day, and uh, let's hope it, it goes a bit better for the Black Caps today, eh? You too, mate. Have a good one. Yeah, cheers, uh, Mitch McKinnigan there with his thoughts on uh, day one at uh, Hagley yesterday. Nine twenty-four here. He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Invite you to call actually on 0800 150 811. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on where you think the Black Caps are at at the moment and what do you think the uh, answer might be or is there an answer out there? Tough times ahead, you feel? Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Also, uh, predictions for Super Rugby this weekend. There's some uh, terrific New Zealand clashes. Uh, of course, the Highlanders up against the Chiefs and the Blues up against the Hurricanes. Uh, Hurricanes without Artie. Uh, what do you make of that? So uh, we'd love to hear from you. 0800 150 811. And, of course, Warriors. Uh, we're right in behind the Warriors this year. We're partners with them, of course. So uh, the One New Zealand Warriors, anything you'd like to talk to about the Warriors as well. Uh, I'll get Kez uh, on, the, uh, on, the earphone as, on the earphones as well and uh, on the microphone, and he can chip in too as producer today. So uh, we'd love to talk to you. 0800 150 811. Uh, updates. Update from the, uh, the Players' Championship. Right. Uh, Chad Ramey, 8-under, incredible round, 8-under. So a uh, little-known uh, player, Chad Ramey from the United States. Colin Morikawa, 7-under. Tyler Pendrith is 5-under. Uh, Minwoo Lee, 4-under with a host of players, uh, some of the better-known players. Uh, and their first-round efforts, Scheffler, minus 4. Uh, Justin Rose, minus 3. Uh, you go down to uh, perhaps uh, John Rahm at minus 1 after his first round. Jason Day's uh, minus 1. Uh, at that point, and uh, some of them are, that are battling a wee bit. Uh, Ricky Fowler shot an even par uh, score, as did uh, Adam Scott. And uh, Ryan Fox, go down to Ryan Fox, who are currently is tied for 100 at plus two. So not the best uh, opening round for Ryan Fox, but he's capable of going low, so no panic there at this stage. So that is the leaderboard as we speak at the Players' Championship at the TPC Sawgrass. Keep you updated throughout the morning. Here's uh, Ottawa with uh, the news. It's uh, just after 9.30. Talkback time with Smithy. Call now 0800 150 811. 
Yep, 0800-150811. Uh, love to hear from you uh, throughout the country on uh, day one. If, did you go to Hagley Oval? What were the conditions like? Uh, what were you disappointed? What was the crowd like? Um, I, I wasn't able to catch up with too much of it myself, but um, just looking at the scorecard and reading uh, reports on stuff, etc., um, wasn't a good day. So uh, if you're uh, there, 0800-150811. Uh, also, if you're um, if you're uh, looking at the Super Rugby this weekend, those New Zealand clashes, mouthwatering, aren't they? Uh, and the Crusaders, they've got a pretty tough task uh, going uh, across to Lautoka as well to play against the Fijian Drua. And if I looked at that uh, Crusaders side, I thought to myself, hmm, that's probably the the least All Blacks I've ever seen in a Crusaders lineup, to be honest. So, um, are they taking a bit of a chance there? I don't know. Uh, will Fiji give them a bit of a hurry up? You bet they will for a while. You know that. The atmosphere will be huge, the heat will be unbelievable, and uh, they will have uh, a tough old battle, the Crusaders. It won't be a cakewalk. Um, also, some very sad news yesterday, um, passing of Trevor Wilkes. Now, Trevor Wilkes has uh, been one of the great greyhound callers over a long, long period of time down south in particular, but a great race caller and a terrific man. Uh, we had uh, Trevor Wilkes on the show not that long ago, actually, and uh, he did say, I'm not feeling the best, but I'm going to fight my way through it. Uh, well, he lost his battle yesterday, uh, Trevor Wilkes, and uh, very, very sad passing. So uh, a fine man, a great servant to the racing industry, and uh, will be remembered very fondly. So uh, rest in peace, Trevor Wilkes, rest in peace. A number of uh, texts have uh, come through as well. Uh, in terms of the cricket, uh, will they chuck Henry Nichols into opening? Uh, this is Rory. He's done it before and say to him, here's your opportunity, prove your worth, or would that be throwing him a hospital pass? Williamson and Conway are our best batters. Give them a chance to make some hay. Well, it, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, Henry Nichols will bat at four in this test match, which is a hugely responsible position. So I guess they've said to him, there's no cover, there's no Will Young in there to, to bat and, and uh, at number four, you're it. So maybe they've said to him, um, this is it, Henry, you've got to front up on this one. Will Young's still floating around the team, but uh, they certainly won't be opening with him. Uh, Jim from uh, Tamuka, regular text to Jim, uh, says, Smithy, I'm a loyal Black Caps fan who will always take the good with the bad. I'm ready to see youthful bowlers who we can help along with good support. Ronald McDonald and the Hamburglar look more threatening than we do. Age has caught up with us. Ronald McDonald and the Hamburger, like it. A good one, Jim. You're not, uh, you're not too far removed there. I like it. Uh, Richard says, Smitty, the way England approach their batting can keep other teams in the game, as happened last week. They get themselves out rather than our bowlers performing well. Totally distorted result. A bit like T20 cricket, where a bad ball can get a wicket because of the batsman's intent. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point as well. Uh, Richard, well made. Uh, Billy says, um, morning Smithy, Plunkett Shield bowling averages, Doug Bracewell, 20, Duffy, Jacob Duffy, 27, several others better, Tickner, 36, Kugeline, 64, unbelievably poor selections. Well, if they're looking at, um, if they, uh, they actually take any notice of the Plunkett Shield, yes they are, they are poor selections on form, uh, because there's been quite a lot of Plunkett Shield cricket, so they've had opportunities uh, to be better. Get Chris Harris in the environment somewhere if he isn't already. Took wickets, made runs, um, dynamite in the field, out and out all-rounder and a good all-round chap. That's uh, from Tyson. Uh, I don't know what Harry's doing these days. He was doing a bit of commentary, but I haven't uh, seen him for a while. But certainly in terms of enthusiasm um, and um, a guy that you could rely on with the bat and ball in the, in the park, 
Chris Harris was um, the ideal sort of uh, Michael Bracewell, to be fair. If Michael Bracewell's not going to operate as a spinner as such as batting insurance, uh, that's your kind of guy you want, Chris Harris, uh, that kind of cricketer. Uh, Mikey, mornings for the yesterday's performance. Confirm my fears for the black caps in terms of the bowling. No bolt and injured Jamison. We will struggle to bowl outsides and therefore won't win test matches going forward. Heaven forbid Salvi thinks of moving on. Pay that man, and I don't say this lightly, a man who will be remembered as a New Zealand cricket legend, whatever he wants to keep him. I'll tell you that. I, I, look, they can't afford to do without Tim Salvi. Uh, he's within reach now, um, as Mitch pointed out. He's 60-odd um, wickets or 70 wickets behind Richard Hadley. Um, he could get them, Tim. Um, he's a bit of an iron man. He doesn't get injured very often. That would uh, take him, I think, about three years, and he could probably knock, knock off uh, Sir Richard Hadley on 431. Um, so uh, don't write that off as a real possibility. Hey, Smithy, what I can't work out is why do we have blokes fail series after series and we don't try other players? What harm would it have been swapping Duffy for Tickner, Phillips for Nichols, and say, you blokes had a go against England, these guys will get a go against Sri Lanka? If the All Blacks selected the exact same team for every test and we were losing, we would fire the All Blacks coach in a heartbeat. Mm, interesting. Uh, England, India and Aussie, who are the top teams, give guys a chance, but also if you aren't performing, give someone else a chance. Why are we so afraid to do that? Is it just part of our cricket DNA? I think we are a little bit afraid. I think we do uh, err on the defensive side of things. I, I, I really do. Um, and, and that's why everyone's caught, everyone is caught um, by surprise uh, the way England have been playing because there's a lot of safety. There's a lot of safety played in Test cricket. You know, the most captains will, will err on the cautious side when it comes to declarations, etc. England don't do that. Uh, we do. Uh, that is ingrained in us. There's no doubt about that. Um, so it's a good point, though. A very, very good point. We we are we err on the defensive. We always have insurance when it comes to batting, uh, because we're worried about getting bowled out instead of saying you are the best batsman. You five, you are the five best batsmen. Uh, Tim Blundell, uh, Tom Blundell, you're a terrific cricketer, Tom, um, and we trust you as a specialist batsman. You're good enough now, and now let's get uh, the advantage of having that is that we can really work a bowling attack, really work with five specialist bowlers. And that is what Blundell brings. He, he brings you that advantage, but you've got to take use of it. You must take use of it. Uh, Neil Wagner, massive heart and an absolute hero for New Zealand, but at 37 he's becoming cannon fodder. Um, this is Rory. Batsmen have worked him out. He's becoming a one-trick pony now. At least Jimmy Anderson at 41 can swing the ball. I just hope Neil Wags will pull the pin on a wonderful career before it gets sad. Uh, and Dermot has uh, come in and said uh, sad news uh, about uh, Trevor Walks bloody sad news, he said great caller RIP sir, thanks for that uh, Dermot it's at uh, 9.40 here on SENZ, no one no, seems to want to call, um, you'll seem to be quite happy with the, the way the black caps are going your callers, so uh, we'll take a break, we'll be back shortly. Bring your equipment parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa this is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 9.45 here on SENZ and uh, Cliff from Dunedin has called in. Uh, Cliff, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Smithy. Lovely day down south here again. Just an Indian summer. I think we're just going to keep carrying on right through to probably June, maybe. It's good. Won't be getting dark. Hey, Won't uh, be getting dark down there till quite late. What, what, what times it get dark with these, all these beautiful days? Probably about ooh, quarter past eight. It's dark. Yeah, around okay. there now. 
eight, eight, somewhere around eight, eight o'clock-ish. Yeah, it, it's it's sneaking in, but um, yeah, another beauty. The uh, you touched on about the the golf, uh, Foxy plus two. He, he's he's in a position. There's lots of guys around him, so a, a good round in the morning, and um, he can make that top seventy. Same with Rory. Rory's at four over. He's had a funny old day. He's about he's about twentieth last. So, but look, he he could shoot sixty six tomorrow and um, mm. make the make the cut. Probably the, it'll be you know minus one or something like that. So he can get in there and. Um, We'll talk about the the old cricket. Yeah, I, I, I was listening to it yesterday morning when they started, and Southie and Henry bowled pretty well at the start. You know, they were beating the bats, moving the ball. It was a greenish wicket and overheads because they had the lights on. So there was a, a bit of wee bit in the air and a bit off the track, but they were a bit unlucky. But yeah, then they, we suddenly let them go. Old Wags, his, his first three overs went for thirty. I don't know what he did. Come out and tried to bowl short, probably, and somebody, I think it was Mendes, he ended up uh, 87 off 80 balls or something. So he must have, he must have climbed into to Wags, uh, had had a bit of a feast there for a few overs, and uh, and Tickner because he went for quite a bit as well. The good thing, a bowling attack has to work in tandem, and that was a good old thing in the old days with Hadley, Chats, um, Sneds. Uh, Kenzie, they all work with each other, you know. They, they didn't all want to get the wickets, but they had to work it so that the other guy at the other end might get them. And this is where we've got to do it. Without without Bolt, Southie and Wags of, you know, say three or four years ago, and they were pretty pretty tasty, all of them, and, and they'd, they'd get into you early. But if Southie and, and Henry, if the rest of them aren't going to support them, it's going to be a long day, and which it did. You know, 300 and... 310 or something is a pretty fair effort because they had to go off at at, at, uh, T. They didn't come back straight away. So they lost a few overs and they were going pretty well. But, uh, yeah, we've got to dig in there this morning. They they, they don't bat well at the end. The 9, 10 and 11 are rubbish. So if we can't get them out under 350, we'll, we'll be kicking ourselves. So let's hope for that. And the, the Highlanders... I just don't really see them um, getting the win anyway. They've just got to be plucky. The, the forwards always battle up, but I'm just not sure if we've got enough in the backs to compete with the New Zealand team. So we'll just have to hope that, you never know, we could have one of those brilliant days where we suddenly... I, I like the old idea of the Highlanders back in the 90s and that where we used to run the ball even in the late 80s, in the latter days... Mm-hmm. Uh, We'd move the ball well across the field and then back and just keep it going. Just try and tire the other side out. But, yeah, it, it could be a tough day, tough weekend for the for the Islanders. Well, it sounds like you're getting great weather down there, Cliffy, so you enjoy it anyway. And thanks very much for your call this morning. Appreciate that uh, with an eye towards uh, the golf and the cricket. Joey from Auckland uh, has called in as well. Joey, good morning to you. Yeah, g'day, Smithy. Been a tough week for me, me obviously, Manchester United. Uh, you know, that's a bit, oh, a bit hard to take, but it is what it is, mate. Yeah, hurts. But um, just on Foxy, you know, it's pretty tough, um, uh, Ian. You know, it, it's um, if you, I think if you don't score under par, and, and especially the PGA, 
you probably won't make the cut. You know, um, it's pretty brutal over there. But he's, he's going all right. You know, I mean, he's only two over, and, and he, he did last week have a, um, a, a five under last last round to get him right up there, finished fourteenth. And you know, and and um, you know, so he he, he is he is going okay. Um, as I say, it's a bit tough. And with the cricket. Um, you know, Sri Lanka aren't a bad side, mate. You know, they're, I think they're running third at the moment um, in that competition, the uh, the World Championship. You know, and they haven't played as many tests as every, everybody else. And, um, you know, three 300 odds. You know, I, I just have a, uh, not a problem, uh, Smithy, but, you know, is it, is it just normal for, for um, to, to go five, five and over now in a test match? I mean, you know, it seems, it seems a bit high, but maybe that's just the norm. Is that, would, would you agree with that or not? Because that's what we were no, going it's not the norm. It's not the norm. It's, it's the norm, uh, it's, it's the norm be, because England want it to be the norm and they can actually achieve it. it it's, it's the way they, they want to play the game. But in traditional test cricket, no. I mean, there was a test match in India yesterday, 274 for four. That's about a decent first day's return, uh, 274 for four. Um, and uh, probably better batting conditions than we saw in, in at Hagley Oval yesterday. But uh, I, I don't think we should be expecting to get uh, five runs and over. It's going to take a drastic change in attitude and a change in ability and technique as well. So only England have been able to manage it this far. Uh, teams will try and emulate it. Uh, but yesterday wasn't because of, uh, I don't think, too much of an intent from Sri Lanka. It was just the fact that they were given the opportunity to score quickly. Too many boundary balls. 48 fours? 48 fours in one day of cricket, Joey. Way, way too many, I'm afraid, mate. So uh, I, I think you're right. And I, I, I totally agree with you, too, uh, on Foxy. The thing about Ryan Fox is that he can go low. He's a little bit Rory-like. He can go not so good, but when he goes low, he goes very low. So I think Foxy will make the cut. And uh, I think he's going to have a great four or five, maybe six weeks on the PGA side of things as well. Uh, Joey, thanks very much for your call. You have a great day, um, and uh, I, I thank you for your, uh, thank you for making the effort to, to get on the phone. That's fantastic. 9.52 here on SENZ. Uh, we'll have a multi before 10 o'clock. In agriculture, covering your equipment, parts, and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 10.03 here on SENZ, uh, the morning show, and uh, we're joined now by Jeff Wilson to look at uh, Super Rugby. Of course, uh, everyone back, uh, well, not everyone, but some sides having home advantage this weekend, whereas uh, last week it was only the Rebels uh, in round two. Round three is back with some really interesting matchups, I've got to say. Uh, Chiefs against the Highlanders tonight, um, and then Hurricanes against the Blues tomorrow. The other games I really like to talk to, uh, to Jeff Wilson about. Um, also like to talk about uh, Jeff Wilson about line and length being a former first-class uh, cricketer and a, a former black cap as well. Line and length, Geoffrey. What about that? That would come handy. Instead of the bouncy Yorker theory, slower ball out of the back of the hand, everything that goes on in the game of cricket these days, um, the small margins just wear teams down. Um, funnily enough, you bowl line and length now. It doesn't matter what form it appears as though everyone just tries to put you to the fence. Smithy, so... And no one bats who they used to bat. And the pitchers don't do what they used to do. Um, so I think it's a vastly different game from when we played. Well, I think it is. It, it's, a, it's a game that a lot of us would have, uh, I guess, liked to have played, but we never, um, we, we were never indoctrinated into that form of cricket. As you, 
as you say, Jeff, and um, uh, the the area of concern uh, obviously is, is the bowling department. Let's hope we can we can find some answers to that and have a good second day at Hagley Oval. But uh, principally, mate, um, last weekend was uh, Super Rugby round in Melbourne. What do you think of that concept? Was it a when you look at the, the attendances, etc.? Do you think it's a goer? Look, I think the concept is a really good one, and and. and you know, look, reality was the first year last year got affected by COVID. So I don't think you could read too much into last season. Um, you know, the first game was, I think one of the games was cancelled, the first game. And so it never really got a chance to build momentum. I had a good chat to Mills Muliaina, who was over there last weekend. And he felt as though it had some serious potential. There are a couple of ideas that he thinks would make it better. I, I, I think, definitely thinking a crossover round and playing against the Australian teams, just everyone matches up with the, the Australian conference. Maybe a better way of looking at things. So, And maybe doing it maybe a little bit later on in the competition where it seems to have a little bit more consequence in regards to the playoff picture um, and where teams are sitting. But he said it was an improvement from the 12 months before. Yeah, I mean, optically, um, you know, Melbourne's a really challenging city when you're competing with other events. Ed Sheeran was on, and there was 108,000 people who were committed to go to, to um, the Melbourne Crew Ground, right? So... So I think timing's pretty important, but I think in some ways too, I think if you're trying to create a party atmosphere for a weekend, this is possibly the, the, the best way to, to go about it. I think they should persevere um, in the short-term smithy and just try and evolve and develop it into a, a something maybe a little bit bigger. And if you could add maybe even, you know, you, you think about, you know, why a Super Bowl, and we're talking one of the biggest events in the world, gets so much traction is because it's the entertainment that's around the sport which adds to mm. it. Maybe the Super yeah. Round need, you know, could add a concert of some sort or, or some sort of other celebration. But I think I don't think there's any reason, given what Super Rugby is trying to be, I don't think there's no uh, there's no reason to continue giving this a bit of a crack. Okay, right. Uh, let's uh, look at uh, tonight's encounter between the Chiefs and the Highlanders. The Chiefs, of course, have had the perfect start. Two bonus point wins. The Highlanders, anything but. Uh, in Hamilton, and on the back of, uh, we hear Billy Harmon and Falau Fokatava having to sit this one out because of uh, all-black commitments uh, last year, which I find a bit strange anyway, but here, here we go. Um, but players coming in, very good players coming back into the Highlanders. What are you thinking about this? Look, this is going to be a hugely tough assignment for the Highlanders, and to start this season with the Blues, Crusaders, and then the Chiefs was always going to be difficult. Um, and so I think there's a lot of people who are already riding the Highlanders off. I might have dropped off, Jeff. We'll uh, try and get him back as quickly as we possibly can. Um, yeah, um, it's an interesting one. Of course, the other one tonight is the Rebels against the Waratahs, uh, Fiji and Drua against the Crusaders, Hurricanes uh, against the Blues. Um, that's uh, a big one tomorrow night um, at Sky Stadium in Wellington. Uh, we lost you for I'm a second, Jeff, and you, yeah, well, you were just saying um, uh, a lot of people have written them off because of the, uh, but they haven't really taken into account the hard nature of their start. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, look, this Highlanders team, there's no doubt about it. Against the New Zealand sides, is going to be up against it. It's going to be a challenge. And look, they're they're a team which is. You know, struggling for confidence, um, bringing back Aaron Smith and Shannon Frizzell and Ethan DeGroote is obviously going to make them more competitive. But reality is, this is a side that is, is going to be challenged against the, the top teams, and they're going to have to rely on their, I suppose, collective finding a way to, 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 to compete tonight uh, in Hamilton. Uh, look, this Chiefs team is really, really good. I mean, they've got 
everything you need in a championship quality side. They're playing with confidence. They're well coached. Um, they've got plenty of belief. They've got a um, world-class first five and a fullback who's in just outstanding form and Sean Stevenson. And so you combine that with the level of experience they've got. Look, the Highlanders, you know, the, the, there could be a little bit of forecast rain, forecast rain around, which might make things, you know, maybe a little bit more competitive up front. Um, but that, in some ways, you look at the um, the Chiefs and then you start going Tokiaho, Retallick, Bailey, Kane, Jacobson. Look, they've got everything they need to, to, to be really, really good. So this is a big ask for the Highlanders. They'll, um, they'll find it challenging. Uh, they put Freddie Burns back to fullback. I'm sort of interested in the direction this team takes and the way they want to play going forward because, um, you know, they're, they're going to have some opportunities in the future when they come up against Australian teams. Um, but they're going to have to find some answers pretty quickly. The Chiefs, uh, Damian McKenzie looking like uh, he's going to have a, a decent old crack in this 10 role. Um, are you happy with what you're seeing there? Oh, magic. I'm oh, really, really happy. Saw him in the preseason against the Blues, and you could tell he was sharp. Uh, look, I, I think you saw some signs when he came back to New Zealand rugby at the back of last year. It was the Damian McKenzie we, we all had, had seen and experienced before that had worn the, worn the All Black jersey. And he looks incredibly comfortable with who he's got in the way that they're playing. Um, but I think that's because of the security he's getting and the confidence he's getting from a fullback, which is stepping up what he needs him to step up. And, and that's what Stevenson has added to his game. And look, he's had a remarkable 12 months, Sean Stevenson, to play his way into an all-black 15 and then come start this season the way he finished last year. Um, you know, I think that's where this side has got some real assets. And the other one is, as well is, is Josh Uwani. Him being able to come off mm. the bench um, and slot into 10, which means D-Mac can go back to 15 if required. They've just got some versatility there. And, and like I say, when, when, when it's clear that Super Rugby requires you to have depth, they've got it. The Blues uh, travel to uh, Wellington. I, a really interesting matchup, of course, well publicised. Uh, the Hurricanes will be without Adi Savia, which gives... A really impressive, uh, I thought, uh, NPC player last uh, year, and Peter Larkai, an opportunity to, to come from the back of the scrum. Uh, what do you think about this matchup? Massive uh, and and huge for the Blues because you know, they're looking at that this is a competitor in, in the New Zealand Conference and in terms of the competition where this Hurricanes team, when they're uh, when they're on top of their game, they're strong in the right positions as well, and they're going to rely heavily on a Brett Cameron, the Hurricanes. But I think Larkai is massive for them. Um, you know, he was outstanding last year. It's great to see him get an opportunity. I want him to see and to play big minutes. Artie's a huge loss, though, massively. Um, but I mean, this Blues team uh, were good in, in week one. They were very frustrated last week against the Brumbies team, which was, you know, I, I think dogged and determined. And they were the Brumbies that we know that they are. They're a good team as well. But to me, they're a top four or five side in this competition, the Brumbies. So the Blues can look at that and they need to learn from the second 40 where their wealth uh, of possession and, and their ability to, to, to score points and they, they should really have won that game. They just didn't get it done. So this is a um, this is an important bounce bounce back performance for the Blues. They need to get it to get this uh, get this done. But um, the Hurricanes at home, oh, oh, look, I'd, like I say, I think the lot's going to fall on, on young Brett Cameron and uh, and and how they play uh, and their decision makers. But, you know, i I'm excited for this one because, um, you know, this Hurricane team, when they're on, they're, they're, they're strong in, in key areas, you know. There's only one change um, enforced by injury, and that's AJ Lamb coming in for Mark Talia, who had quite the start to the season. But 
Uh, there's a really interesting matchup, and uh, I know we talk about this bloke uh, every week, but uh, here's a real good one for Roger Tuovasa-Shek against Geordie Barrett, looking to make uh, the all-black jersey number 12 his own, and the guy who wants to make a statement about that too. He started really well, Roger Tuovasa-Shek. Um, um, I really like what he's doing. Uh, but you're, you're right. If you're going to make a statement, and if you want to let people know that, you know what, I'm in for the fight. And, and you know, if you look at the, the second five position at the highest level right now, you've got Geordie Barrett, David Harvili, you've got Anton Leonard-Brown. So it's a really a, a huge ask for Roger Duovasa-Shek because essentially he is a one-position player. Hasn't played enough. He's played a little bit on the wing. Um, I saw in the preseason at fullback. I would like to have seen him play there a little bit more. But if you're going to make a statement, this is the time to do it. But Geordie Barrett is, you know, and you talk about matchups in the end, they it's not like you play head-to-head, but it's the impact you can have on the game which will, will make you stand out. Jordy Barrett's going to have an impact because there are so many things that he brings. It's what difference does Roger Tuovasa-Shek bring to the Blues, and can he get his hands on the ball? How many times can he get over the advantage line? Defensively, can he make the right decisions when he needs to? And there's still one, one question mark around, can he be another playmaker? Can he be a guy... When he gets the ball in his hands, can he create for others, not just himself? That's where Geordie Barrett probably, you know, at the moment, his decision-making, his foreign pass, his offload, all of that means he's the complete player. Roger's got some really nice attributes. He just needs to show a little bit more. And that's where Harvili, all-round player, kicking game, passing game, the ability to create for others. That's where Roger needs to show a little bit more. If he does that, then the conversation changes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a mouth-watering clash. I really do. And I think the Highlanders are going to produce a wee bit more uh, tonight than they have um, with uh, Aaron Smith, Frizzell and DeGroote back. Also, uh, the Crusaders have got a nice little, um, a nice little outing in uh, Lotoka. We know it'll be hot. We know what the atmosphere will be like. And uh, the Fijian Drua at home, uh, uh, it'll be anything, I think, particularly early on, uh, anything but a cakewalk. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games where you can get sucked into when you. And, we've, and a lot of these teams have played in Fiji. They've not played against the Drua. It was when they were playing sort of derby games and they were taking matches up there. And it is hot, it is humid, and it takes its toll. And we've seen a remarkable high scoring, swinging affairs where one team's been in control for 40 minutes and the other team's come storming back and won. And that's the danger of when you're playing the Drua in Fiji is the fact that if you get sucked in to that type of game that is right up their alley. The fact that if you get away from structure, if it's at a high tempo, it will take its toll. And then all of a sudden, you put yourself under pressure because they are prepared and capable of scoring. I mean, more, more, they scored more tries in their own half last year than they did the opposition half. Well, they, they essentially, they, they're a long-range team. And we've already seen it this season, what they're capable of. So it's a danger. But the Crusaders... Um, they understand that these these games are really important. You have to win these games. You want to control your destiny early on in the season or where you sit on the table at the end of the season. So I, I, I'm excited about it because it's, this is what this tournament was about. When you created this competition, the Drua, well, you wanted them to be playing in Fiji. They've got seven games there this year. This is why this competition has the potential to grow because this is what it's, it's about. It's different challenges and different environments and different fans, I think it'll be a great, great occasion. I think it will too. I actually would love to be there for that. Um, to be, uh, I just, 
I just kind of got a in my multi Jeff uh, for the weekend. I've, I've actually put my own Pacifica in to beat the force, and I I think this is one that Aaron Major might have looked at and thought, I think we can get this one. And on early season form, the force looked like they get a ball. They had a get a ball, but the force at home, um, they're good. I, I, got, I, I know you. Moana Pacifica for me. What, what were they paying? What did you get them at? Um, I got them at two dollars sixty, head to head. Oh, so you're there, you make it. They're your multi maker, are they? They're the ones that are just, it's just that little wee, and it's the last game of the round. There's no doubt they get them. Mm. Um, Moana need to, the Moana Pacifica team, they need to learn and learn quickly about where they're falling down in games, and it's for them, it's about their last twenty minutes, their last twenty five minutes is the fact that they need to, they need to win that. Um, this is their opportunity. This is their game where they can. Like you say, they can make their first statement of the year, and if, if they want to show improvement, this is when they do it. I, I like the odds at two sixty, but I, I don't think you can underestimate the force. Okay, cool, Jeff. Uh, thanks for the preview. Hopefully, a better day for the Black Caps, and um, a better yes, night so for the too. Highlanders I hope tonight. So too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do too. I really do. Uh, great to talk to you, mate. Uh, enjoying your work on the tally as well. So, thanks very much for that, um, and have a fine weekend, sir. Thanks very much, Mother. Always a pleasure to chat. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. Thank you. Uh, it's 10.17 here on SENZ. Panel coming up very shortly. Uh, a couple of interesting characters. There might be a sense of the gloat, a sense of the gloat around Mark Watson. I kind of feel he's going to be in that kind of mood. Graham Beasley will have had a, a very close look at the cricket yesterday as well. So those gentlemen coming up very shortly. Football result, which will never be forgotten. Good morning to you, sir. Yeah, morning to you, Smithy. Without a doubt, we might not win a trophy, but beating Manchester United 7-0, in my opinion, uh, is almost as good as the FA Cup. It's certainly good as the Caribou Cup. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I'm sure you will. Hey, hey uh, would you take 306 for 6 after the first day when you win the toss and bowl? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, really disappointing. Um, is it poor captaincy? Was it the poor choice? Uh, is it a Christchurch pitch that's benign? Um, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of issues here, aren't they? I mean, Neil Wagner, is he a little one-dimensional in the way he's bowling now? Starting to become a little bit predictable. Uh, but really, I think one of the biggest issues for me, Smithy, is when are we actually going to develop a world-class spinner? When are we actually going to place emphasis on putting quality spinners into a New Zealand team? Uh, I mean, you look at the Indians, they've got Jadija, they've got Ashwin. Australia have got Nathan. South Africa have got Tahir. Uh, I think Sri Lanka have got Hearth. And what have we got? Again, just some sort of finger spinner who's never going to bowl a side out. We're, you know, in a situation we found ourselves in yesterday at 151, or Sri Lanka, 151 for three, 200 and, what was it, 14 for four. You know, that's when you want your Nathan Lyon, that's what your Tahirs, that's when you want your Ashwins, and we just don't seem to have that. And I think it's a really, really big issue for New Zealand cricket that's gone on for far too long. I think it is too. I think, and it's getting revealed uh, way too often from my point of view, but uh, Graham Legbreak Beasley will have um, <coughs> a view on this as well. Graham, I, I think a pretty poor result uh, at the end of... Day one, need a good day too. Yep, yeah, uh, very much. I, I thought we were really good in the first hour and could easily have had them more than one down at that stage. You know, a couple of very close DRSs went, went against us then and we were beating the bat. But, but the issue we had is that once South and Henry weren't bowling, then um, then the cover was pretty bare, really. And the way that Sri Lanka could score so quickly, I mean, everyone's gone on about baseball over the last month, but the way that Sri Lanka played was probably with less risk than baseball, but pretty similar results really I mean they were 
they were rocking along at about five and over for for most of yesterday, and we just didn't really have any way of um of being able to stem the tide. And 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 I agree that that the lack of a proper uh, is starting to um is, is starting to really hurt us, particularly at a time when, in my opinion, Ish Sodi is probably in the form of his career. Um, and I, I think it's actually him who's the guy who um who who that we should be looking to. I mean, yeah, he bowled really well in Pakistan. He got a six for in one innings. Um, He's doing well in Plunkett Shield. I, I, I think that he's the, he's the person who, um, who should be in the side. The thing that worries me, Graham, is that your bad balls these days, they go for four, or your, your not-so-bad balls go for four. Uh, and that, of course, uh, all like 48 fours yesterday, 48 fours and a six. I mean, that's just too easy. Yeah. It takes so much pressure off. Yeah, as, as, as it certainly does. And, yeah, as, as I say, um, Sri Lanka were always able to score pretty quickly, really. Um, even you know after they lost those couple of wickets in, in the 150s, they had sort of two or three overs of of Matthews and Co getting themselves in, but then then they're up away and and, and firing again. So um, the New Zealanders in the field never really had the chance to relax. Um, and and I think another factor in this series is that Sri Lanka come here and they need to beat New Zealand 2-0, and they're going for that. Um, yeah, they need to beat New Zealand 2-0 to make the World Test Championship final. Um, assuming Australia can also beat India, and Australia made a good start in that test as well. Um, so I think because of that situation, it means that Sri Lanka are going to be good to watch in the series. Um, while while that option is alive, I I, um, I think that they'll be really good value. So I think we're in for an interesting few days, right? Really. Well, I think we are. I, I think it's a crucial day. Yeah, go go ahead, mate. Yeah, well, I, I think one of the things that. I, I think is uh, is part of the problem with New Zealand cricket. I've talked in the past about our first class game, and um, that just seems to be really just a feeder, isn't it, for New Zealand cricket? It's a, it's basically a trial, um, and it doesn't clearly appear to be working in regards to sort of succession planning. But you see Tim Southey again taking three wickets. It's still just that old adage, isn't it? It's line and length. You don't need to be express. You know, look at Glenn McGrath, you go back to the likes of the Hadleys, you go back to those wonderful bowlers in your era. But I think one of the things that I think the New Zealand public need to be asking more, they need to be demanding more. And unfortunately, um, look, I don't think New Zealand crickets, there's ever been that expectation on them like there is with the All Blacks. If the All Blacks lose, a nation mourns. New Zealand cricket, yes. I mean, you're part of a great side in the 1980s and the Test Series in 1985. But those type of achievements have been few and far between. And I just don't think there is that expectation from the public on this team. And that needs to somehow change. We need to be asking for more. We need to be critiquing. We need to be putting the coach under more pressure. We need to be asking for changes to the public. We need to be lighting the talkback waves up and actually creating that uh, pressure that exists, I guess, with the All Blacks, that it's not okay to lose, um, that we've got to continue to evolve. And we can sort of put baseball to one side and say, look, this is just, you know, look, this is just a trend that's not going to ever, it's not going to be long-lasting. But the reality, I think, with T20 cricket, T20 cricket is just teaching players how to be a lot more innovative. It's teaching players how to play with a lot more freedom, to score runs a lot quicker, and it is going to be a part of Test cricket. This is Test cricket going forward. And New Zealand still don't seem to want to adopt it. We still seem to just want to play that conservative five-day approach. True. Very, very true. Uh, We're going to take a a short uh, news break here, um, and uh, we'll go to Araha. And when we come back, Mark Watson and Graham Beasley will still be with us. Hopefully, Mark, I want to touch uh, with you on the, a late review of um, the uh, New Zealand Athletics champs and what you saw positive coming out of there. 
Uh, we'll also uh, talk about this. Uh, Latrell Mitchell seems to have been the target of uh, a racial abuse again. Uh, why is it still happening? Ryan Fox playing in the players. Plenty to talk about. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Yes, Mark Watson and Graham Beasley with us this morning. And Graham, uh, this racial target uh, targeting of Latrell Mitchell. Um, why is this still happening? Have, have they not put up big enough warnings about this kind of thing? Oh, it's just extraordinary, isn't it? But it happens so early in the season for some reason. Makes it seem worse. I mean, what, what was this kid thinking over the summer break? Um, I think what makes it even worse is that he was sitting with his father. You know, um, what what's going on in that family um, for that to happen? Um, you know, some someone just doesn't randomly throw out racial abuse. Uh, unless they come from an environment where that's pretty common. So I really hope they throw the book at him, and actually probably even more so at his father, um, because that's, that's where it starts. And, um, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd sort of like to think that we're behind all of that. You know, there was that spell in um, European football in the 80s and 90s where it was, was very common, and they've pretty much eradicated it there. They haven't fully eradicated it, but it's certainly better than what it was. And I like to think that that kind of stuff's behind us, but um, I guess all they can do is just keep on sending out the messages and to um, interact really harshly with with people like that that we got last night. Mark Watson, uh, we'll get away from that because um, athletics is uh, relatively clean in, in that regard. Although I go back to the days, who were the, the two guys with the black gloves? Was it Carlos Smith and somebody back in the day? Um, yeah, 19, uh, yeah 1968, yeah, with the Australian with the silver right. medal in between. That's correct, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, slightly yeah. less than the Olympics, but looking towards the Olympics, um, can, we, um, can we take uh, a lot of positives out of uh, Newtown last weekend? Yeah, look, I think so. I spoke to you last week, and I might have been a bit mm. tough on Eliza McCartney. I sort of thought she was probably jumping more in that sort of... 4.30 to 4.40 range, but that performance of hers of 4 metres 60 is a big, big step up for her. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting that. Um, she'll be delighted with 4 metres 60. 4 metres 80 is going to get you close to an Olympic medal, and um, as we spoke last week, the key thing for her is just being able to stay injury-free and now just be able to put layer and layer of training week in, week out, month in, month out with more competition, and she might just get back to her best. So I think that was a really, really pleasing moment. I think Jack O'Gill beating Tom Walsh. I talked last week where I felt maybe that Tom Walsh might have just reached his ceiling with his throwing, but always felt that perhaps Jack O'Gill still has a lot of improvement left in him. And he ended an 11-year run for Tom Walsh at those world champ- at, at national championships. And I just wonder how big a moment and how much of a psychological um, impact that's going to have on him going forward in regards to, you know, really now taking his throwing to that next level. Um, I also think um, Maddie Weshey, who's come in and basically sort of the succession plan to Valerie Adams, you know, she threw 19 metres 13. That's good enough to get her an Olympic medal um, or very close to it. So we're starting to see her again step up. And sometimes in those strength-based sports, it is an age thing. It is time. It's not about so much changing your training. Yes, you're always making technical adjustments, but sometimes it's just year on year, layer on layer, and you get those breakthrough performances. And I, I think that's really, really pleasing. Um, look, Zoe Hobbs running 11.07, new New Zealand 100-metre record. Uh, Tian Welpton, he, he won his first national 100-metre title as well. So, 
Look, I, I think there is a lot to be excited about. But as I said last week, it, it's strange, isn't it? You know, we all grew up in that era where it's always been middle distance athletics that's dominated athletics. And now the blue ribbon events are the field events, whether it be in, you know, javelin throwing, whether it be in uh, the pole vault or whether it be in the throne events. And, and that's exciting because I, I do think that we've got a population, particularly the Pacifica community, that I think are, are cut out for that. And hopefully what we're seeing is just the beginning of, you know, a, a new era in athletics. OK, let's uh, get to Super Rugby uh, this weekend. Graham Beasley, uh, a couple of tasty little New Zealand matchups here coming up. Yeah, particularly tomorrow night, I think. I think. I mean, I do fear for the Highlanders tonight, to be honest. Um, I think it's going to be a really long season for them, especially when they play other New Zealand sides. I think once they get over the Tasman, they'll, they'll probably do a bit better. Um, but tomorrow night's going to be fascinating for mine. Um, Hurricanes are home against the Blues. And what's going to interest me is what kind of Hurricanes performance we're going to see, given the week they've had. Um, you know, losing their, their captain and the death player and their inspiration with all that controversy and um, and with the judicial process dragging out over 48 hours and all that kind of stuff. Is it going to galvanise them? Are they going to put in a game for Ardy or will that have just been too much for them during the week? And... Um, and they'll really miss the talisman. You know, it, can, it can go either way. So it's going to be fascinating how that plays out. It's absolutely pouring down on Wellington at the moment, but um, hopefully we'll have cleared by tomorrow night. OK. Um, for you, Mark Watson, what are you looking forward to? I want to see Ruben Love. I want to see how good this guy is. Um, came on the radar last year. I'll be honest, he's not somebody I looked at until maybe he was pointed out, but there's all sorts of big raps on Ruben Love, so really keen to see that. I need to see a, an improved performance from Rico Wani. I'm still just not convinced he's a centre. I know that he has played well at times for the All Blacks, but we've also lost a lot of tests with him at centre. Uh, you know, centre's not just about being flashy. Centre's about, you know, putting other players into space and actually knowing how to feed your outside backs. And I just think he's deficient in that area. I actually think the Blues will win this. I think um, they learned some lessons last week um, against the Brumbies. Um, but I think also the Hurricanes now know the game plan in terms of beating the Blues, and that is, I know it's an old cliche, but that's just win the collision, that's just win up front, that's just win the forward battle. Um, so I think there's pressure on both sides. Um, the Hurricanes come, you know, two wins after two games. Blues, maybe a bit of a, a false sense after that first game against the Highlanders, only to be sort of brought back down to earth last week. So look, I think that is very much the encounter everybody's looking forward to. I think the Crusaders should have no problem dispatching the Fiji and Drua. And when it comes to the Australian side, I'm not really that interested, to be perfectly honest, um, unless the New Zealand side's involved. So, yeah, look, I, I think there's some early season matchups that we should be excited about. Um, and, yeah, you know, are the Hurricanes the real deal, I guess, off, off the back of two wins? But, yeah, no Artie Sevilla. That in itself is an interesting decision, um, which I struggle with. I think we all do dumb things, don't we, in the heat of the moment. I know I play a little bit of seven-a-side soccer on a Friday night, and sometimes even me, even calm old Mark, can get a little bit irrational at times, and then 30 minutes later feels a bit embarrassed with his performance on the field. You know, nice calm quote like myself. And, um, <laughs> I've actually got a lot better, to be honest. Um, but, you know, we're all a little bit, we're all guilty of that at times. But, oh, oh, you know, I sort of dice. 
you know, I am sort of um, just moving a little bit onto that subject. But look, as I say, mankind is flawed, you know, and, and therefore I think it's okay if our flaws are sometimes shown on a sports field. I, you know, we're seeing diminishing crowds, we're seeing um, less and less people watching the game on TV, and it seems to be that everything's trying to about appease the family. Well, maybe we don't want to appease the family. Maybe we're, it's okay to show our flaws because maybe we're all flawed and we can actually relate to it. And so, yeah, I, I, I just think we've got to, you know, we're, we're just taking the emotion out of sport, and I think it's just killing it for me to a degree. Okay, uh, interesting perspective there. Uh, I don't want to decry the DP uh, tour, uh, the DP World Tour, Graham, but I, I think this is a really interesting phase of golf and in the career of Ryan Fox. Uh, he's going to have a concerted four- or five-week blast on the PGA, um, and I think it could be the making of him. Yeah, it's a key month or so coming up, isn't it? Um, I mean, obviously he hasn't had a, a great start in the players' championship, the Craig Turks Invitational. Um, so he's going to struggle to make the cut there. But you're right, the, uh, the next few weeks, and obviously with the Masters being the highlight, um, yeah, if, if he can put in a good shift in the Masters, then I think people are going to really look at him and, um, uh, and a lot more draws might, might open for him. And I'd imagine that he's fully aware of that. He, he's aware of all the all the pressures that are coming up for him. Um, and obviously he'll have um, everyone in behind him and uh, watching how he goes. I'd imagine it'll get a lot of coverage back here, um, Ryan Fox, over the next month. I do too. Uh, I think with the, uh, the increased um, coverage uh, that the PGA brings to us, uh, the big events that he's playing in, I think there's a, a real opportunity for him, uh, Mark. And I, I think he's got the goods. I, I really do. Yeah, look, I was maybe a little bit concerned at one point that perhaps he wasn't in maybe the best physical shape he could be in in regards to, you know, when you look at a lot of other golfers. But I've sort of, you know, with the results that he's had and the consistent year that he's had, look, that's him, that's his plumbing, and I think it does work for him. I look, you know, when you go to the Players' Championship, you've only got to go back and look at Craig Perks, don't you, in 2002. So you'll see a New Zealand flag, you'll see a New Zealand name etched on the walls, and I think that's enough belief there to say, hey, I can do this. Um, you know, you go back to Perks when he did win. I mean, that, that, those last four holes were some of the best golf you could watch. Um, and wouldn't it be great, you know, if we could have a Michael Campbell moment of 2005 where we just glued to our television the back nine of a golf tournament. Who gets the yips? Who believes? Um, you're two back, suddenly you're two up. And it's just some of the most compelling sport. And, you know, we've got Lydia Poe very much driving the sport on the women's side. But, you know, men's golf has been looking for that hero since Michael Campbell since Craig Burks and boy it was a long time you know and then we of course had that um, we had the um, cup team that won in the early night the Eisenhower team but it's been you know it's been a little bit of a dry spell and so yeah look he carries the hopes of a nation and I think he's a guy who can deal with that pressure and he's showing that and he goes into these tournaments with not a lot of pressure on him they're not going to be talking about him and I, I think that plays into his hands I do too I think you summed it up beautifully and because of that, I'm going to reward you, um, Mark Watson. Uh, I just want you to sit back. Graham Beasley, thank you very oh, much no. uh, for your... No, thank don't. you very, very much. No, I've got to oh, do this. Oh, hey, Graham, oh, Graham, oh. sing along, sing along, sing along, boys, sing along. Turn it up, turn it up. Everybody around the country, oh, wind your windows I'm not down. hanging up, You know you want to. You know you want to. Be oh, no. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I'm getting emotional. Oh, God, you're a hopeless romantic, Smithy. <laughs> how, does, how does Spurs oh. go against AC Milan? Oh, we shouldn't mention that, should we? 
No, not too good. Oh, sing it, sing it, Smithy. I know you no, want to. Come on. Turn it up. Sing it, sing it. These are the songs from Jerry and the Pacemakers that I prefer, to be honest. Mate, what an answer, mate. I've got goosebumps. All together, people. All together. Sing it loud. This possibly was the biggest mistake I just made. <clears throat> Thank you very much, gentlemen. Have a wonderful melodic weekend, uh, particularly uh, you, Graham, <laughs> after having to suffer that. Uh, it's 10.44. 10.44 uh, here on SENZ. We'll be back shortly. Winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. Time to catch up with the one, the only, Louis Herman Watt, uh, who's uh, with us. Um, I can tell you that um, Otaki, they are racing today. A massively busy weekend as well with uh, Pukekoi hosting uh, the Bone Crusher uh, and of course uh, the Barfoot and Thompson Auckland Cup. Bone Crusher with uh, 320,000, 320, Auckland Cup with 500,000. Uh, Trentham have got uh, races tomorrow as well and Gore on Sunday. So there's plenty, plenty to look forward to. Uh, all beginning um, just up the coast a wee bit uh, in Otaki today. I heard before. Uh, from Graham Beasley that it was uh, hosing down in Wellington um, and uh, we just uh, had Louie on the line but it's dropped off so I uh, don't know what the track conditions will be there like at uh, Otaki but um, there is a word or two uh, floating around about uh, a horse a horse um, <coughs> in the fourth race um, by the name of Pagal Pagal P-E-G-A-U uh, with uh, one or two very notable owners so uh, Louie has joined us now thank goodness for that uh, Louis, yes, Otaki today and then the classics tomorrow. And apparently you've got a special for uh, Otaki today, Smithy, which you would have tipped out. I just did then, yeah, but I, I gave you the opportunity earlier to get on, so there you go. And that, and that right there is, um, that is true friendship right there, so I, mm. I appreciate that. And, and in return, I will declare one for you right now and your wonderful listeners. Um, I'm actually surprised that the punters haven't come for this, so maybe... I'm on my own. And it, it is a competitive enough race. Uh, a horse called Paul David in race number six is a, a nice chance, but I'm taking it on because it's drawn barrier 16. And I'm all about its business time. This is an interesting race because it's one of these M-A-A-T's. So it's a maiden at a certain time. And since that time, its business time has won a race on a Saturday. It's run second and it's won another race on a Saturday. And all of a sudden, it's racing against a bunch of maideners paying $2.70 from Barrier 5 with Opie Boston in a fair weight. So it might be the best-placed horse this weekend, I think, over 1,400 metres in race number six. It's business time. And my other best bet for the day 
comes straight off the hot off the heels of that. Hopefully, we have a little profit and we can go each way all day on synchronised from barrier one with that nice weight. One, two starts to go here, three starts to go here at Pukekohe, and um, I think up to fourteen hundred is going to really suit the Savile mare. I think she's got a bit of talent. She can just get herself into tricky racing positions, but. Craig Grills from Barrier 1. I think he'll be able to be very conservative, pop her out maybe at about the 300, 400, and hopefully she's too strong over the 1,400 with that breeding on her side. So that's race number 7, number 12. Synchronised and it's business time. We'll be having a play on those for the good oil tomorrow, Smithy. Okay, and uh, you're on tomorrow morning with uh, Michael. Is he back in town or not? He is. It was a flying visit to the Miracle Mile. Um, So Mickey G's back. And I know he's fired up um, f- for a, a big day of racing, Auckland Cup. He's got plenty of thoughts. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up with Mick because he's the mailman and he's going to make us a lot of money. Okay, but uh, look forward to that because uh, that's one thing I always need. Uh, have a terrific weekend, man. Um, um, and punt well, eh? Go well. Thank you, Smithy. Oh, very quickly, very, very quickly. Um, I should say... Uh, Thoughts with everyone um, that knew Trevor Wilkes, uh, the industry lost yep. a, a really great, an absolute legend. So I just want to pass that on. Absolutely, absolutely. Fully endorse that. Gave him a bit of a tribute before, but should not be forgotten. Great man, Trevor Wilkes. Thanks, Louis. And of course, over the weekend, as you mentioned, a bit of quickly just touch on the cricket. And New Zealand up against Sri Lanka, 50-50 so far in the betting, but New Zealand top run scorer in the first innings, the most popular is Latham at 5.50. South Africa, 76% head-to-head in their match at 105. Of course, we had International Women's Day on Wednesday, and we're still running plenty of uh, boosted odds around the women's sport this weekend, including the Chiefs Manawa, who's been by far the populist by, to win by 11 to 20 boosted at $4. The Blues women to get their first win for the season at three fifty boosted by 13 or more. And Magic up against the Stars, a really nice game there. Either team to win by 1 to 5 points at two forty has been boosted there. So they're really popular. And just quickly on the NRL tonight, the Eels are leading the betting head-to-head at one fifty. On the racing side of things, for the Coley, of course, we've got the two Group 1s to look forward to there. Don't forget to head to the Chiabi website. There is power plays available DIY you can do on the Auckland Cup and the Agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Uh, the Players' Championship uh, leaderboard at the moment, uh, Ramey at uh, 8 under, talked about him before, little known player, but uh, 8 under uh, on this course, TPC Sawgrass is unbelievable with the amount of water. Um, Colin Morikawa, 7-under, Tyler Pendrith, 5-under, Scotty Scheffler, 4-under, then a whole other group uh, with Scotty Scheffler on that number as well. Jordan Spieth currently at 3-under. Justin Thomas uh, can't find uh, a putt to go in the hole uh, today. He is 1-over. Uh, uh, Max Homer is uh, with him as well. So uh, it hasn't been a standout. Rory McIlroy uh, really rough this morning, and uh, Ryan, Fox, uh, Ryan Fox was uh, plus 2. So uh, that's the update from... Um, the Players' Championship, the fifth major as they call it. But let's get into the league for this weekend. And of course it's round two. It kicked off last night with the Panthers beating the Rabbitohs to secure their first win of the year. Tonight uh, it's the Eels and the Sharks, followed by the Broncos and the Cowboys. Tomorrow at five o'clock, right here on SENZ, you can catch our call on the One New Zealand Warriors taking on the Roosters. 
and uh, that will be an interesting encounter on the back, of course, of uh, their first up win, first up win um, against the Newcastle Knights. Other matchups uh, this weekend uh, of uh, significance, and uh, it really is uh, a good, and that was a, a good win last night, just uh, by the by too. Um, so we'll, uh, we're just uh, waiting for Blake Ashford to, to join us so we can go through his impressions of the, the Warriors and um, what he made of that performance last week and uh, what he's uh, looking forward to uh, this weekend. Yeah, the Panthers um, 16, the Rabbitohs 10. Of course, um, on the back of uh, that uh, loss last week, uh, the Panthers were upset, which uh, was the surprise of... Uh, I was going to say the surprise of the season after one week. It probably still will, might end up being the surprise of the season, beaten uh, first up by the Dolphins. Eels against the Sharks, the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Roosters and the Warriors, the Dolphins and the Raiders, the Storm and the Bulldogs, the Western Tigers, uh, West Tigers against the Knights and the Dragons and the Titans. So, Kez, uh, we haven't uh, at this stage been able to get hold of uh, Blake Ashford. So uh, what are you looking forward to in terms of the Warriors when they t- take on this weekend, uh, the Roosters. Uh, the Roosters, of course, uh, on the back of a performance that was not their best last week. I'll probably uh, cop some slack, Smithy. The, both of my two NRL teams going head-to-head this week in the Warriors and Sydney City. It's going to be uh, one thing that I'm not looking forward to is another week without DWZ. Dallin Watini's a Lesniak. Uh, he's set to miss three more games before making his first appearance, so... I would usually say big loss for the Warriors, but um, after a big round one win, I think they'll do quite all right, Smithy. Okay, let's uh, look at the Warriors team that's been named, and quite rarely, uh, no changes. No changes this week. So, chance uh, Nickel Clockstad at the back with Edward Corsi and uh, Braden Viliami, uh, Adam Pompey, Marcello Montoya, Tamari Martin and Sean Johnson. That's the back line. Um, what about the Tamari Martin-Sean Johnson combination for you? How's it looking? Saw a lot of good flashes out of SJ last week. I mean, we've sort of always had these high expectations on him since he's come back to be uh, the warrior that he once was. And I don't think his kicking game was quite up to standard for what he expected. Uh, there was obviously big talks about him uh, reinventing his kicking game. But adding Tamari Martin into the house with SJ is is sort of a, a masterclass. I mean, we've obviously overloaded uh, the fullback position, so getting Tamari in in the house, I think he's just found his time to find his feet and actually adjust. But look, I'm no changes to the team, and, and I agree with that. I think what uh, Andrew Webster's done is a masterclass. You know, he's giving these guys that consistency um, that, hey, if you want to be in this team, you've really got to earn it, you know, and we're not just going to be interchanging here and there. We've got to win, and it was a, a, a good performance in the end from the Warriors, so why would you change anything? Forwards, uh, led by uh, Adam Fanua Blake, Wade Egan, Mitchell Barnett, uh, who was uh, very impressive last week, Jackson Ford, Monata, Nuekori, um, and uh, Tohu Harris, who defensively was a giant last week. I mean, we talk about Tohu, and we can talk about him all we want. He's, he's basically not a human smithy the way he plays. Um, I, one thing that I'd like to see, and I don't know if it's this round or the next, is give Tohu a little bit of a rest. I mean, it's, it's obvious that he can play 80 minutes or even play 40 minutes at prop, but I think it's just one of those things where is it sustainable for a whole season and these tackles that he's making, they're not going to slow down, but I just think it's about preserving that and making sure that we don't peak too early. Uh, that, that forward combination is really, really nice. I'm really looking forward to it, but I think it's going to be another massive week from Tohu Harris. 
another massive week from Harris. It might have to be. Let's look at the Roosters. Let's look at the Roosters and um, the dangers that the, they possess, of course, bouncing back off uh, that loss last weekend. Yeah, nah, look, I like the really, really like the look of the Roosters uh, with my uh, two eyed goggles on. Smithy, obviously. I don't know who I want to win here. I'm still sort of deciding that. Um, but look, it was a great performance from the Dolphins last week. I mean, who who really expected it? And I just, I think the Roosters are going to be, you know, you never want to go up against a wounded shock, do you? And I think James Tedesco and, and Tupo at the back are going to have a stunner. Obviously, you can't, can never, ever ride out Joey Manu. But you're right, Smithy, just looking through that team, it's stacked, isn't it? It is stacked. Um, other matchups uh, for the weekend. What other games uh, are you looking forward to? Uh, for me, Smithy, I mean, that game is for me the, the one to watch, but the other one that I've got my eye on is because of my uh, fantasy as well is the Eels against the Sharks. Uh, one of them is going to take a big loss, and I know both the fan bases aren't going to be happy either way it is. So I think that's uh, where I'm looking for me, but I think, Smithy, there's one guy uh, who can give a lot of a better take, especially on these Warriors, and that's ex-Kiwis coach, Bricky host, Tony Kemp, who joins the show now. Yeah, Kempi, good morning to you and thanks very much for uh, answering the call. We just uh, needed to get a little bit more in depth into the Roosters against the Warriors, mate. And how often uh, has uh, a Warriors coach been able to name an unchanged side from week to week? Can you remember when? No, I can't, Smithy, and it, it is one of the, I guess, um, known factors of, of building momentum and building some resilience is having the same team show up week in, week out in a competition, which is arguably one of the hardest in the world to play in. So Andrew Wesley got the luxury of that this week. I thought they played really well down in Wellington, to be fair, fairly honest. I thought, especially their forward pack, um, the likes of Mitchie Barnett, uh, Neil Cordy out there on the right and Ford on the left, uh, you know, is why Wade Egan had such a good game at hooker. And um, they're going to have to be up to that or even better this weekend against the Sydney Roosters. What signs did you see that you liked? What signs did you see were concerning? I'll take the, the latter first. I think the concerning part of it was the, the end of the sense, the kicking game. Um, you know, it was a bit bit rusty still. You know, Sean got himself in a position. He had a couple of, couple of wobbly kicks. He should know a lot better than that. Uh, been around for, you know, 200-odd games in the NRL. So... I'd say uh, Andrew Webster would have worked on that this week and, and, and hopefully the, we'll see a better end to the sense of the six this week. Um, but one of the, the better parts of the game for me that really stood out, out was the, the way that they rolled down the pitch quite easily with the, with the forward pack that they had. Um, the players that I named, Barnett, Ford, Nakori, especially the new guys, Adam Fanua Blake on the back of it, and Wade Egan getting out of dummy half is is really a lot like rugby union, Smithy. Is you know if you don't win the middle of the park, you're gonna get you're gonna go a long way of, of setting you out, yourself up for failure. And I thought they did that really well against the Knights. Um, coming up against Sydney City this week, they haven't got their full forward pack out. You know, there's no Matt Lodge, there's no Jared Warrior Hargraves. They lose a bit of size, and I think it's one part of the game where they can go out and, and probably go back to back if they can win the, that middle of the park again. Where are the dangers then from the Roosters' point of view? Well, Joey Manu comes back. That's the biggest danger. Um, you add him to any any backline, he'd been the top three players in the world at the moment, Smithy, Joey Manu, and 
you know, chase the disc, I would be looking at bounce back. They had a pretty scratchy trial series in their first up game. Everyone in the competition has picked them to be premiers with the depth and the, the roster that they've got. But it means nothing when you're coming out and you're not performing. So they've got an outstanding backline. You know, Walker and, and Kerry in the, in the halves. Uh, you've got good centres and young Joseph Suwali and, and Joey Manu and, and Tupo on the wing um, with Tedesco. It's, a, it's an international backline. So if they can't stop their forward pack, look look for their, their, their backline to be unleashed. And it's pretty simple for the Warriors. They have to show up physically uh, and stop the forward pack of the City City Roosters to have any chance. I'm going to run through another couple of games um, and uh, from a punter's point of view, I'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, Kempe. Uh, tonight, uh, Eel Sharks. Yeah, game of the round, really. Um, no, Nick, Nick Hines again. Uh, Parramatta, they couldn't get the job done last week. I don't think they're the same without having Marty, um, Reed Marty cover the hooking spot. And, of course, they lost both their edges of Papalier and they were courty. Um, to other to West Tigers and the Warriors, um, respectively, they just don't look the same. Uh, and I think, you know, it's got to be a battle. Uh, the Sharks need to win. The Parramatta Eels need to win. It's always, always a fantastic game that one. Uh, but I'm picking the Parramatta Eels to get it in a close one. Okay, uh, Broncos Cowboys as well. That's the late game tonight. Yeah, game of the round. Uh, definitely the 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 uh, I guess the battle of the Queenslanders. Uh, I've got North Queensland finishing in my top three this year. Uh, I think they looked probably the better side in the competition last week when they jumped out to an 18-point lead, even though they only won by one point. They showed signs of uh, consistency and having the same team to pick it, pick week in, week out for the second year in a running time Payton. So the Broncos beating Penrith down there, no one does that in the last two years, and, and the Broncos went out and showed it. You know, if they can do that week and week out, they'll be a force again this year. So I think uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I just think they've got a little bit more experience than the Broncos at the moment, but I wouldn't be writing the Broncos off. And just finally, Kempe, uh, and thanks again for uh, for standing in for us. Uh, could the Dolphins could the Dolphins make it two in a row at home? I think they can. I think they can. I think what people didn't realise was that in Melbourne, come out and chose to, to watch and you had the Wayne Bennett factor, you had the crowd factor, you've actually got an extra player on the football field so uh, look for Felice Kafusi and the Bromish boys, the senior players of the team to, to lead from the front again. If their forward pack I guess which has to be at the top of their game against uh, Tarpani and Papa Lee for uh, Canberra mate, I can see them getting a, getting, a, getting a double in the first two weeks and, and they'll need it uh, as the injuries start to kick in later on in the year. Kempe, uh, thanks very much for uh, helping us, mate. Uh, really appreciate that. And uh, look forward to uh, NRL action over the weekend. You have a fine weekend yourself. Cheers, man. You too, Smitty. Anytime. Thank you. Uh, 11.15 here on SENZ. Uh, our very own Tony Kemp coming to the party for us there to preview this uh, weekend uh, round two of the NRL. Uh, we'll take a, a short break. When we come back, we'll visit the sports desk and I'll give you a cricket update from Christchurch where New Zealand have got an early wicket. He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 11.20 here, which means they've had 20 minutes of day two at uh, uh, Hagley Oval, and New Zealand have picked up a wicket. Um, and yes, it was Tim Southey again to Silver Gone Court Blundell 
uh, bowled Saudi for 46. Uh, but uh, they're hanging in there, Sri Lanka, 322 for seven now with uh, Rajitha at the crease. 21 not out, easily his best test score. Uh, Jaya Saria um, is uh, beating his average too. He's uh, on five not out. So they're nuisance value, these, um, and they're in the 80th over, which means Tim Southey will have a brand spanking new ball in his hands coming up shortly. Um, his bowling figures at the moment, he's such a standout, four for 49, uh, and Matt Henry, two for 65. Tickter, incidentally, 19.1 uh, overs, none for 100, none for 100. Um, and uh, Wagner, 10 overs, none for 68. So uh, certainly uh, not good for the backup bowling department after Tim Southey and a little bit of Matt Henry. So news not too good there, um, and Sri Lanka continue to thwart uh, New Zealand's attempt to, to start batting shortly. Right, uh, let's get across to the sports desk. Uh, Kez is in charge of that today with some news of some football, I understand. Turn up the volume. We're crossing live to the sports desk. What's fresh? What's making waves? Let's find out. Oh, Smithy, I really felt that. I feel like I'm going straight on to the news. I feel like I'm going to take Johnny Max and Aroha's job in a minute. Uh, I do. I do unfortunately have some sad news regarding football. And it is, uh, once again, sad news regarding New Zealand football. The Wellington Phoenix vice-captain. Oliver Sale, you know Ollie Sale, Smithy, fantastic keeper. Mm. He's been starting a net for the last few years for the Phoenix. Uh, has helped us tremendously with the rise to get to where we are today. 27 years old, he's decided it's time to move on. His contract expiring at the end of the season and came as quite as a shock to me last night when I opened the Instagram and saw that Perth Glory had made a post welcoming Ollie Sale for the remainder of next season. It's quite a strange uh, appearance, Smithy, as you, if you look at the table right now, the Phoenix sit comfortably in fifth, not comfortably, one point uh, ahead of Sydney FC, but you scroll all the way down to the table and in 11th place you've got Ollie Sale's new club, Perth Glory. To you, Smithy, what does that uh, sound like to you? Big loss. Well, it sounds like a decent check for a start. Um, you know, that's a long way. Uh, Perth, is, you couldn't go any further away from um, New Zealand and stay in the A-League. So it's a, a decent-sized check, I would think. Um, they obviously clearly, because of their position on the table, feel that their goalkeeping uh, strength is, is not there. Uh, they need a standout goalkeeper. He is a standout goalkeeper. Um, he's also a leader, Oli Sal. He's a bit of a spokesman. Um, so I think that's probably what they're looking for from their custodian. So um, I, I, from his point of view, probably quite a, a, a good move He'll be busy, judging by their position on the table and their defensive setup. He'll be a busy goalkeeper, um, but I would be thinking a, a nice big fat check is involved there. Yeah, uh, it'd have to be, wouldn't it? You mentioned, uh, I know I definitely, no offence to all my Perth Nation people out there go <laughs> to Perth from uh, from New Zealand, but the thing that sort of got me by surprise to is goalkeeper is not a position of football that is uh, rotated often, right? And you'd, you'd know that, but it came so Cameron Cook is uh, the goalkeeper at Perth at the minute. He's 21 years old and he's really, really promising. It just sort of makes me bear that question: Is Ollie Sale going to be sort of that development guy that uh, Cook's going to take over when Ollie eventually does move on? He's 21 years old, and only two days ago he signed on a three-year uh, extension with Perth. So. Bit of a slap in the face for Cook. I mean, he probably got given the stars saying next year's your year, buddy, but a couple of days later you're inviting Ollie Sale to the party, so going to be very interesting there, Smithy. But, hey, let's uh, stay on the topic of Australian sport and let's talk about those uh, Sydney 
Kings versus those breakers. Uh, SENZ audience, you can listen from 9.30pm tonight on the SENZ app or wherever you listen to it. The breakers currently 1-1 in their series uh, against the Sydney Kings, first and second on the table. So they're the Sydney Kings, the number one offensive team in the league. The breakers, the number one defensive team in the league. Just quickly, how do you think tonight's going to go? Well, it's, it's a case of whether they can break the trend uh, because neither of the sides in the encounters I've had this year have been able to defend their home court. Uh, that is quite an extraordinary thing when you, you look at the size of the crowd. Now, sold out it's going to be um, tonight in Sydney, uh, so they're going to have to overcome that. Uh, but last week, uh, Tom Abercrombie, who's uh, the most senior spokesman on the court uh, within the breakers, said a very interesting thing. And he said, we played stressed and I'm not quite sure why you'd be playing stressed with all that experience. I'm not quite sure when you've been such an accomplished side and you're 1-0 up in the playoffs, having won away from home, why you'd come home and think that you're playing stressed. I think you, you kind of... I got a kind of thought you'd play with quite a lot of freedom in, in that regard. So I think the mindset uh, is something that Modi Mayor must have had to work on. Um, you know, they, they know they can win in Sydney. They've done it often. I've done it often, and I've done it recently. Um, but the, the, it's you know when you come to this stage of the season or playoffs in any form of, of any sport, uh, you look to your champions, you look to your big men, you look to your seniors. In this case, your your starting five plus Barry Brown Jr. I think uh, are your key players in this regard. So for me, uh, I think it's a mental thing rather than anything else. And uh, the other thing is uh, you can be cold. You can be cold when you're shooting. You know that you you, you can. Um, individuals can be cold not very often collectively you're cold particularly on your home court and that was the worry No, it's definitely a basketball thing you can have games where you take the absolute best shots and I think Modi Mayor made a comment on that um, that all the shots they were taking were the right shots someday they just don't fall uh, and that's something that you can't control I, I heard you you spoke really excellently Smithy there on the mentality of a basketball game I just sort of wanted to keep you on that path there Sydney Kings have been Arguably the best team in the NBL for the last four years. The Breakers were last last year. Now in a finals position, I can sort of understand the stress that Tom Abercrombie uh, explained. The Breakers play a very fast style, very rotational game and coming up against arguably the best team over the last four years. Smithy, when you were back in your heyday, say you're in a test series and it's one all, you're away from home against arguably the best team in the world, but you'd managed to take the first game, lose the second. How do you make sure that you get that momentum back and you can roll back on track for another win? Well, it happened, actually. It's funny you should say that. Uh, the first time we'd won in Australia was 1985. Um, and then, of course, uh, that was at the Gabba. We went straight down the, the road to Sydney and got pantsed. We were beaten badly. Um, and so all of a sudden we'd given that advantage away with a one test to go. Um, and we just, I think we just sort of went back to what we did the first time. Um, you know, we, we had a game plan that didn't quite work. It was a surface that uh, didn't suit us either. Uh, we didn't play well on it. But we had to, you've got to quickly eradicate that from your thinking. And that's what we had to do. We had a pretty stern coach in uh, Glenn Turner, who was absolutely hell-bent, determined to beat Australia. Uh, and a captain in Jeremy Coney, who was of the same ilk. We had a champion in Richard Hadley. We had a very good side. We'd proven that. Uh, so we just had to go back to those GABA methods, and, and that's what you do. Um, if, you've won a, if you've won a series or if you, you go 1-0 up and then you drop the second one, you just go have to go back to that plan that you had initially, 
and say that worked for us last time around. Not a panic situation <coughs> at all. But what the breakers did is they let uh, the Kings off the hook. And they've given them a, a bit more freedom now uh, to express themselves because uh, if they'd have won last week, they were backed into such a corner, they had to win the next three in a row. And that, as we know, that makes it pretty darn hard. Pretty darn hard. So, um, look, uh, all I'm saying uh, in this particular uh, case is uh, I think they just go back to what they did um, at Sydney last time around and uh, and uh, just hope for the very best there. But I, I think they're player for player. I don't think it's... There's no reason for them to, to feel any other way that, but confident. I think they've got them. I think they've got them there. No, nah, definitely, Smithy. And it's going to be a really interesting watch for me. I think the Breakers are going to take this game three. Uh, but I'm telling you, watch the benches. Uh, no matter who wins this game, it is going to be won uh, by the bench, the likes of Barry Brown coming back into action. Hopefully that hand's rested up. But, Smithy, that uh, wraps up my sporting hot disc for the day. So thank you very much. Good on you, uh, Kez. Right, OK, a couple of texts have come in. Smithy, are there any live players uh, at the golf and the Players' Championship? Well, no, um, they're not allowed to be there uh, in this particular tournament because of all tournaments, this is the PGA's home. It's, this is where they have the, actually have their base. Uh, the US PGA is uh, at this, around this course, around this facility. So they're not welcome there. Um, and uh, their next showing, I think, will be at uh, the Masters where... Uh, they do, as previous champions, get the invite, um, and uh, on some on points will get uh, invites as well. But uh, in terms of the majors, yes, but in terms of this one, um, absolutely not. Previous champion was Cameron Smith, not allowed to go there to defend it. So no live golfers there. Um, we'll, uh, we'll have uh, Stump Smithy very shortly. Let's read a couple of uh, other texts. Hi Smithy, just wondering if there's room for John Wright in the setup. Not sure what he's up to, but uh, surely with his cricket brain and Indian coaching experience would be a useful addition. Yep, I, I totally agree. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with going back to previous coaches to go forward. Um, I, I have no problem at all with John Wright uh, getting in the air alongside Gary Stead and uh, putting uh, some fresh thoughts in there, or even some old thoughts to be reminded of. I think that's that's it's not a bad idea, and I think there is enough coaching now within New Zealand. I mean, I don't I don't think the bowling unit's good, and I I think you know there's scope for a Shane Bond. Uh, Shane Bond is a brilliant bowler and a brilliant bowling coach. Stephen Fleming, there are these people around. I'm not saying you have to give them official positions, give them consultancy role, and they can come and go. But don't just because they're commentators turn around and say they've got nothing left to offer. That's always been a mistake. There's one reason uh, that people become commentators, is, um, and, and it doesn't matter what field you're in or what sport you're talking about, um, is that some of them, I'm not saying all of them, but some of them actually know quite a lot about the game that they're talking about, believe it or not. Um, and, but they are regarded as the enemy in a lot of cases because they're in the media. Um, that's, a, that's a thing that's been going on for a long, long time. It is uh, 11.31 now. Talk about match-ups. Uh, we're going to have one now. It's time to stump, Smithy. It's 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. We invite your calls. Uh, $50 bonus bet from the TAB up for grabs on a busy, busy punting weekend to spend it as well. Here's Araha with the news. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. OK, it's uh, time to play uh, Stump Smithy this morning. Your quiz master will be Kez, the producer, and, and for Logan today. 
Uh, and, of course, Brian uh, waiting for you on the phone. So, uh, Kez, you've got uh, the questions, the subject uh, matter for the day. Hopefully, I can see you fishing around there with a yeah, 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 Smithy, I'll just jump, there, jump in for a sec. He, is, he does have them, and he's just fishing them out now. I believe this is his debut for Stumped. Uh, is that is that oh. not right, eh? I don't think he's ever um, called Stumped for us before, Smithy. Oh, God, this could be interesting then. Uh, this could be a real, what do you call it, on a Friday. Sorry, um, boys. Yeah, I can hear you in the background apologising. Don't worry, folks. Uh, Brian, who, who have we got first up? Put it that way. Yeah, OK, so first up, first up we have Wade from Christchurch. Uh, come in, Wade. Morning, gentlemen. Yeah, good morning to you, Wade. Uh, uh, what's the weather like down the prospects for a, f- a full day's play? Are they looking all right? Yeah, mate, yeah, I think so. The weather's cloud around, but the sun's shining at the moment. Let's just hope we're not in the moment of keeping into it the back. OK, and what about um, the Crusaders uh, this weekend in Lotoka? No problem? Oh, I, I wouldn't say it'd be a problem. I, I, I think they'll win comfortably, but the start might be interesting. The first in 20 minutes up there. Yeah. I think there'll be some physicality in the first uh, 20 minutes. I think you've nailed that probably. Uh, eight uh, for 331 now in the cricket, just by the by, at Hagley Oval. Eight for 331. And uh, Matt Henry picking up a, another wicket. So he's got three, four. Right, Kez, you got yourself sorted? The uh, two Stooges have stopped messing around, Smithy. I have found uh, my piece of paper. So I believe now, Wade, I ask you uh, which topic you'd like to have a stab out today. We've got soccer, football, Basketball or rugby league? Rugby league. Right. We've had lots of good rugby league chat uh, this morning, Smithy, so I hope you're prepped in case Wade can't get it done. We'll get you underway with our little fun little... Here we go. There we go. Yep. Right, Okay. The Warriors take on the Roosters this Saturday in NRL Round 2 Clash at Allianz Stadium. Since 1998, the NRL era, they have played each other 42 times with the Chooks winning 20 of those matches. How many have the Warriors won? 14. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Mr Stockley. Okay, so 42. They played each other 42 times. And you just said the Roosters have run 20? I did. Right, okay, so that leaves 22 matches, correct? It does. Just doing my maths here. Uh, I'm going to say that, um, well, could one of them ever have been, how long, that we've always had Golden Point, haven't we? I mean, could, did we have draws? We must have had some draws at some stage then. I'm going to have to ask you for an answer. One of the 22. Oh, okay, sorry. Sorry for <laughs> mucking around. Okay, um, I'm just doing some mental work here. Um, I'm going to say the Warriors have also won 20. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Are you dumb? Unfortunately, uh, it was 21. 21 there. There was a draw, indeed. Uh, One draw out of 42 times. So, do we move on? Rightio. Question number... Two. In the 2002 Grand Final, the Warriors lost to the Roosters 30-8. Who scored the Warriors' only try that day? I think it was a little general, Stacey Jones. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. 
smithy. Uh, fortunately, this time the buttons are working and I don't have to do my Michael Holding impression. Uh, with that, Stacey Jones was the correct answer. And with that, we move on to question number three. Blackfern seven star Niall Guthrie is following in her famous Code Hopping Brothers footsteps and is set to join the NRLW later this year. What team is she set to sign for? Uh, we're about the SBW, isn't it? So I'll say, let's try the Roosters. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. A lot of pressure here, Smithy. No, it's not, you see, because I've uh, talked about this yesterday. It was part of uh, our panel discussion yesterday. Gold Coast Titans, Gold Coast Titans, Gold Coast Titans. Just a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot, and away it goes. Well, thank you very much, Wade. Uh, unlucky on question number three. It was uh, something we did highlight yesterday, actually, um, about um, Niall going across the rugby league and signing for the Gold Coast Titans. And it, it struck me because I didn't think there would be a franchise that she would probably uh, probably choose. But uh, obviously, uh, it stuck in my mind. Wade, you're the unlucky customer this morning. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly, mate. Uh, hey, thanks for thanks for playing. Uh, have a crack on on Monday, mate, and uh, have have a great weekend down in there in uh, the Canterbury I'll region. Meet you eh? one day, I know you will, Wade. Everyone does. Everyone does. Hey, uh, thanks very much, uh, folks, for, for for calling too. We had a number of callers there. Ed from Tolaga Bay was next cab off the rank, but uh, didn't able to get to Ed today. So Ed, you have a good weekend as well. Uh, it's coming up to uh, 11.39 and the good news is um, because uh, we won one today, uh, Monday we'll be playing for a hundred, a hundred bucks from uh, the TAB. It's coming up to 11.40. In service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 11.45 and I enjoy this time every Friday because it's great to catch up with one of the most authoritative voices in New Zealand racing and uh, Michael Guerin, uh, Mickey G as uh, LHW calls him, Louis Herman Watt. Uh, Mick, uh, good morning to you, you were in Melbourne last week, uh, did it go well? It did go well, I think it was actually I was in Sydney, I, I did both. Oh sorry, Sydney was it? Yeah, same, okay. No, I did, I did both in the same day, I, I, I did the Gallup show in the morning here and I was on television at night in Sydney and you know how it feels, it's it's a great opportunity to have some of these. People actually ask me all the time, they say, what's it like doing both codes? And I use your name quite often. I said, look, no different to Smithy doing cricket and rugby. You become really knowledgeable about one, which for you obviously is cricket, and then you can add the other knowledge because you really enjoy the subject. And what you would have found too, I'm sure, is people were so good about giving you their knowledge. Like I ask, well, you know, when I really got serious about the Gallops about 10 years ago, I would have asked... I don't know, 200 people, hundreds of questions, Smithy. And the people are so good about giving you knowledge, it actually becomes mm. quite easy. But it does make for some long days. <laughs> it does make for but, some um, long days. Yeah. But that, that was the miracle mile last week. So that was in Sydney. Um, <clears throat> this weekend, we see the return tonight. So harness racing this weekend, we have Alexandra Park tonight. We have We Sports today close to my old hunting ground of the West Coast, Greymouth, Northern Southlands tomorrow, and uh, that's the sort of harness racing weekend. So tonight's the big guns. Copy that, who's won two New Zealand Cups, returns against Akuta, <coughs> who's won two derbies. And it's maybe 
time for the passing of the baton, but I'm not sure Copy that wants to give the baton up. Tonight's a 1,700-metre race at Alexandra Park. These horses are getting ready for the race by Grins. That's coming up very quickly. It's five weeks away tonight at Cambridge for a million dollars. And it's always a little bit iffy, Smithy, when you have horses starting new campaigns with far bigger goals down the track. So one of them will win tonight, but it may not be the prettiest watch over 1,700 metres. They might both go back at the start, play a little bit of cat and mouse, and I still think a cooter probably comes out on top. I actually quite like a horse in this race for a bet for our listeners. And if you're going to have a bet, please bet responsibly. Don't bet the rent money. Bet your cappuccino money. And you can bet top three. There's only six horses in the race. I think Major Perry will run in the top three. And he's $2 to run top three. He's only got to beat three horses home. So that's race seven. Alexandra Park tonight. Not tipping you the winner. I think that'll be a cooter. But Major Perry is double your money to run top three, and he could run better than that. So it's a good meeting tonight. We sport today's on the grass, Smithy, so it's a different type of thing. Mm. And then tomorrow in Macargill, there's a good meeting down there. And away from all this instantaneous racing action, we're having <coughs> a lot of, excuse the pun, horse trading, because those slots in the million-dollar race, people buy the slots, then they have to go get a horse, and you have to negotiate for those horses. No different to in sport negotiating with a player or the agent to see if they want to come play with you. And at the moment, six of the spots in the race by Grins are taken and four aren't. So people are watching these races and think, do I want that horse there racing for a million dollars for me or do I not want it? How much money do I offer them to get in? What's the percentage split? Really fascinating stuff around the race by Grins and every open-class race at the moment has um, repercussions for that smithy. So, as you know, there's the game on the field, and there's always the game in the background. Right. Well, the game in the, the forefront tomorrow in terms of the gallops, of course, is Spookakoi, uh, the Auckland Cup, the Barfoot and Thompson Auckland Cup, and the Bone Crusher Stakes, which you will be highlighting, I guess, in your morning show. Yeah, massive show tomorrow, Louis and I. Um, Two group ones at Pukekohe. It's the last of the big summer dances, even though we're into autumn. So two group ones for the two-year-olds. Tokyo Tycoon's hot favourite for the two-year-old race. He's trying to do something no horse has ever done, and that is win the Karaka Million and a group one and be unbeaten in the two-year-old season. No horse has done it. So Tokyo Tycoon trying to do that. Tomorrow, the Bone Crusher is fascinating. An older horse like Fibulate, owned by our good mate Brenda McCullum, against a horse like Prowess, who's only three, just starting her career, a real rarity. We're going to weigh all that up tomorrow. And then, of course, the Auckland Cup, the big one, where Aquacade will be ridden by Warren Kennedy, one of the most fascinating stories of the entire racing summer. Warren had never been to New Zealand before October. Now he's been riding feature race winners almost every Saturday. He's on Aquacade in the Cup tomorrow. So big interviews, track updates, all that sort of stuff. If you're listening to this around the country, it has rained in Auckland this morning, but it's very warm. So it shouldn't affect the track at Pukekohe. In fact, if anything, it'll just stop them having to irrigate it today. So Auckland Cup tomorrow, huge day. The good oil tomorrow from 1 o'clock with all the punters, clubs and the tips. And then Greg O'Connor and I'll catch our brief. 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, 
and bring you Trot's talk, and we're trying to work out what's happened so far over the harness weekend, Smithy. So it's sort of the last big one of the summer, even though summer's just finished. But, uh, but yeah, tomorrow's going to be an awful lot of fun at Pukekohe. We'll try and find you a winner from 8 o'clock in the morning tomorrow on the mail run. Okay. Sounds good, uh, Mick. We'll look forward to listening to you uh, with LHW, the, uh, the postman. They call you, call you, the, they're calling you the postman. You're delivering. You're delivering. That's great. <laughs> they, call, they, they call me mailman, Mick, and they call him hyphen, but I just call him idiot. But we'll see how that goes tomorrow morning. Okay. Cheers, uh, cheers, Mick. Look forward to it. Uh, Mick Guerin there. Have a great weekend. Uh, it's 11.51 here on SCNZ. Uh, we'll take a, a short break, and when we come back, a quick chat, uh, of course, with Staffy, who takes over shortly.